Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Welcome back to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. My name is Jacob Perry. I'm joined by Paxton Gray and Brandon Hassler. This week's episode, we have a guest. It's Brigham Dallas from Dallas Media. How's it going, Brigham? What's up, guys? Doing good today. Cool. So starting the show off, we've got some current events we want to go over. Brandon, why don't you start with yours while I pull mine up? So have you guys seen that on YouTube? They like, You probably haven't because you guys aren't really avid YouTube users, right? I watch it trending. time to time. So in the trending section, this just started like a day or two ago. Now when you go to trending, part, partway down, they have a on the rise section. where So each day they feature a YouTube creator who is on the rise. Uh, as long as you have 1,000 subscribers, you are eligible to be selected they're looking at things like, you know, spike in subscribers, watch uh-huh. time, all that stuff. There's still apparently a, a human editing and selection going on just so no one tries to game it with something crappy. But yesterday they featured this girl. Uh, her account is Internationally Me. So let me ask you this. This is on the trending page of YouTube. How many subscribers do you think she got in that day that came from being in the middle of the trending section? Boy. A lot, I'm going to guess. You have a number? 10,000. No, more than that. I'm going to say 20,000. 20, no, more than that. I'm going to guess uh, 100,000. Uh, 5,000, roughly. <laughs> which is surprised so, me. Like I remember looking at it, I'm like, what the heck is this? And I was look, looking into her account. I'm like, oh, she's probably going to get so many subscribers. Was it a good video? Here. She has just a bunch of, it's almost like their daily vlog type stuff. Like she does... I don't know, all over the place. And then today it's some, uh, it, it's an artist on the rise. And it seems like right now both of them have started with about 20,000 subscribers. But yeah, you would think being on the trending page of YouTube.com, like everybody sees that, that you would naturally get 100 plus thousand yeah. subscribers. But so that was interesting to me. So that was uh, one little piece of Is there of a news. chance that they were there just for you? No, I looked into it like in this. I've like read all these articles and they keep showing that how yesterday it was internationally me. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if it was like specific to here's someone on the rise that you would find interesting, right. which I think that would be a more effective way to go about it. Because I looked at even just her thumbnails, I was like, this doesn't look in, nothing like, to do what not to wear in Japan. Right. I have no interest in <laughs> stuff like that versus if it showed maybe some like tech reviewers or yeah, something. Yeah, and it like seems that. like they would probably have a large variety of videos to choose from, being that they only need a thousand subscribers. So, yeah. So that, was that might be a better way but to right go. But right now, it's like literally every person on YouTube sees this person, and what, which is surprising that it only got. Well, I know, I know, YouTube listens to the show, so oh, good. You guys should change your algorithm. <laughs> but it is cool how they are uh, making an effort to try to uh, spotlight young, or not young, but no. creators who are starting to do cool stuff, but have a hard time getting noticed because they don't have the huge audience that all these other people do. So. Little piece of news there with YouTube. Sweet. Do you have anything, Pax? Nope. Okay. I've got a couple, a uh, few things. I'll just spit fire and then 
then we'll get into the show. So the first thing I have, Amazon Canada just got fined $1 million for deceptive price listing. Amazon, you say? Amazon Canada. What specifically was their deceptive practices? According to a release from the Canada's Competition Bureau, an independent agency that enforces Canada's Competition Act, Amazon.com.ca, was charged with listing misleading comparative prices from the release. Amazon often compared its prices to a regular price or, quote, list price, signaling attractive savings for consumers. The Bureau's investigation concluded that these claims created the impression prices for items offered on Amazon.ca were lower than prevailing market prices. The Bureau determined that Amazon relied on its suppliers to provide list prices without verifying that those prices were accurate. (laughs) That's boring for Paxton. Uh, Facebook Live is now available on desktop. Hmm. Is that boring? That's interesting Uh, because you technically could have done it through desktop, but I guess you needed a... uh, Third-party streaming. Hmm. Yeah, service. they just announced it yesterday that it so is now, now it's available in, on integrated. desktop. It's integrated. Hmm. I'll cool. check that out. A study was published that shows Generation Z is more advertising resistant than Generation X and Y. Wait, which one are we? We are Gen X. No, Y. We're Y. Z is our kids. Is millennials? Is that we're just... also millennials. Millennials so is a wide we're range. We're Y millennials. So yeah, basically Y. The millennial generation fits within the Y generation. Is Z our kids? I feel yeah. like we've so, had this exact so conversation. Well, I'm on pretty this sure show. that my kid is resistant to advertising because he does not care about commercials. He's or... also what, like 18 months old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they saying here? What is Gen Z? Yeah, Gen Z. Uh, let's define. Let's find out. Gen Z. So I lost the, the article. Also, by the way, marketingland.com.com. Their search function blows i typed in amazon canada and i could not find that article and i (laughs) sorted it from newest to oldest here it is i found it okay a massive new demographically segmented study from Cantar millard brown presents an instructive blah 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 okay here it goes gen x is 35 to 49 gen y is 20 to 34 which all of us fall into and gen z uh uh, well, I guess right here it has Gen Z at ages 16 to 19. This one on Wikipedia it says mid-1990s to early 2000s. For Gen Z? Gen Z. Oh, okay. They're called the so that's not post, our children. post-millennials. So the post-millennials are teens right now, basically. Okay. Yeah, okay. So here's a question. If you got Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, they really shot themselves in the foot. Like, what comes after that? <laughs> hey. Start at A. Double A. A. <laughs> Double A. That's right. They're going Excel style. Anyway, so that, I thought that was pretty interesting. So you're basically saying that uh, the younger you are, the less receptive you are to advertising. Did I hear that right? Pretty much. Mm. I don't know if I believe that. Okay. I'd like to know how they studied that or wow. why they believe that. But That's I don't believe for another it. time. I don't believe it. <laughs> Marissa uh, Mayer is stepping down from the Yahoo board of directors. Altaba. Isn't it Mercer Meyer? Mayor. Mayor. I think I thought it was I've heard both. I don't know. I don't Mayor. 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 know. I usually Mayor. 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 She's stepping yeah, down, know. right? She's stepping down from the board of directors. I don't know. I think it's just cuz Yahoo's being purchased. I think she's still maintaining her seat as CEO as Yahoo, is that right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. 
Well, that's the that's the current events I have. Oh that's wait, I, had, I think I had one more. I think I had one more. Um, oh yeah, uh, Amazon made ten times more money than any other e-commerce site during the 2016 holiday season. Does that surprise anyone? No. Nope. They have certainly uh, been able to associate their brand with ease, and yep. uh, all those last-minute uh, shoppers think I want something easy. They think Amazon. That's always the first thing they think of. And their database is so large that you often never have to leave. It's true. They also have patented the one-click purchase or whatever it's called. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. No one else can do that. We talked about that on this very show with yeah. Nate a little while ago. I don't know. They, uh, the, I believe that for the U.S., Ali, Alibaba for Singles Awareness Day in China blows that out of the water. Their sales in that one day, I think... I think they're above what Amazon. What is Singles Awareness Day? Singles Awareness Day is like anti Valentine's Day. Is that just in China, or is that a? It's like an Asian thing, and so they just buy things from themselves. When do they do that that though? Uh, It's around the time of Thanksgiving, so it's like early Hmm. November. And if you look at sales for that day, I I don't have exact numbers, but they're around sixteen billion. Amazon, like our whole country in the U.S., was around four billion for uh, Thanksgiving sales. It blows it out the water. Hmm. Well, I didn't specify what country we were calculating. I, this could also be including purchases from China. That's true. So, so this says Singles Day is officially called to come at $20 billion. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I think uh, the next uh, has been tech companies is the current wave of businesses. The next wave of businesses, I think, is going to be uh, come up with a bullcrap holiday and <laughs> uh, sell stuff on it. Yeah. Let's do that. $20 billion. Versus... Uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, together, 2016, $5 billion. It just, like, blew it out the water. Hmm. Dang. That is weird. I've never heard of that. I've heard of anti-Valentine's Day. Is that what it's called? I think I have heard of Singles Awareness Day, but I thought it was just uh, on Valentine's Day. I thought people and, were trying to, like, uh, say that. Yeah, and it was just, like, a joke. Yeah. When is it? Uh, oh, you said Thanksgiving. Yeah. Around Thanksgiving. It's around Thanksgiving. It's, like, early November. Hmm. Uh, okay. That's the news, folks. That's the news. Speaking of Amazon, trivia question. What percent what percentage of their revenue would you say comes from their affiliates? Mm, 80. 80%? No. <laughs> no. 40%. No, it's got to be I'm like... I'm going to say half. I'm going to say 10 to 15%. So you're 40, 50, and 10 to 15? Yeah. The latest statistic I have has it at 40%. Oh, wow. Wow. Nice, nice. That's crazy. What's the prize? Uh, you get a back massage from me after the show. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> lucky, lucky. Okay. Let's introduce Brigham Dallas. This is not the first time Brigham has been on the show. Do you Correct. remember the last time you were here? Probably two years ago, right? No, we haven't been around for two years. <laughs> uh, been around for a year and a half. Yeah, we've been around a year and a half, I believe. And we can, you guys can fact check me on this, but he was, I, I think he was episode six. It was one of the first. Back when we were recording in that dinky little room. I'll look it up. Yeah, so this was back when we were recording inside Market Campus. Uh, We did not have this professional equipment. Uh, We were slightly embarrassed to have Brigham on because he's such a... He's such an expert in the field Stop. that we had to we had to bring him in on some like bullcrap. Anyway, now we're too good for him. No, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty insecure now. Yeah, <laughs> just, just stuttering right now. Episode, it was episode thirteen actually. Wait, no, it no, can't no, be thirteen no, 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 because no, no. we we started recording in the studio and that was uh, that was CRO. Oh, uh, seven episode, episode seven. seven. 
So Brigham came on episode seven, and how many how many episodes do we have now? We have fifty nine. Fifty nine. This, this is will number be sixty. Sixty. This is episode sixty. Sixty. So it's been a little while. It's been over yes. a year since he's been on. Last time he came on, we were talking specifically about PPC. I think the episode was called PPC versus SEO. It was Battle Royale. That's right. Yep. And it was a Battle Royale. So we can talk a little bit about PPC, but I want to outline just a little bit about what we want to talk about. Brigham is an entrepreneur. He owns three businesses, right? Like, yep. Are they three different? Are they under the totally same distinct. LLC? No. Nope. They're totally all separate. Distinct. So he owns three different businesses, all of which have been successful in that they're profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I really want to get into is the marketing behind your own personal businesses, not necessarily client work that you do PPC on sure. or anything like that. So before we really get into it, why don't you take 30 to 60 seconds to tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah. Okay. So really, I want to start off by saying like what drove me into this business and everything. Um, I dropped out of school, moved to an island in Thailand and was living in a bungalow on the beach. And I met a guy who did online advertising. And this guy just kind of pointed me in the right direction, got me started with doing a PPC and kind of got me into the business. And I've met a lot of CEOs doing PPC. You usually work with, you know, marketing chiefs or usually the CEOs because there's a lot of money being spent online. And so I got to, I got to work with a lot of great entrepreneurs themselves and great business owners. Um, And I've made a lot of money for a lot of people. And I just got to a point where I was like, I'm tired of making these people a lot of money. Why don't I start something? I got the marketing background. I could do this myself and I could make a business that could work for me. You know, I, I get this. And so uh, Dallas Media is my PPC company. We have clients in the US and we um, we do about four to $6 million a year in ad spend on Google and Facebook. And my other two companies and a little bit about that, I have a Brazilian waxing salon called Sugar Me Wax mm. down in Arizona. <laughs> Free yep. waxes for everyone on the show. <laughs> uh, we'll probably, Brazilian or otherwise. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, because I didn't know anything about this when I started the company, Brazilian is different from bikini wax because Brazilian gets your butt crack as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that. Didn't know that. These yeah. are, these are free for us? <laughs> yep, I'm free. interested now. Yep. <laughs> and the third company is Fat Boys. We, uh, we, I designed a, a blob is what it's called. So if you've seen heavyweights, you jump onto one side, get launched on the other in the oh, water. yeah. Uh, Nitro Circus tours with it. Just look up Fat Boys Blob online. Nitro Circus is all about it. Uh, we got two world records. Justin Bieber, the Biebs was on it last year, and I sell those internationally. And they, uh, they're a fun toy. They're a fun product. But you probably spend the least amount of time on that one, right? The least amount of time. Like almost none. Yeah. Okay, so that's Brigham Dallas. Uh, what I want to start with, just so we don't forget, I was thinking about doing this at the end, but I think I'm going to do it right now, and then we can get into the other stuff. So we had a listener email us. Uh, his name is Don Snyder. Mm-hmm. So Don Snyder sent us a an email, uh, and he he's a big fan. He told us that there was a specific topic that we hadn't talked about yet that he wanted to cover, and that's programmatic. Um, what's it called? Programmatic media buying. Media buying. Uh, again, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on PPC, but before because you had mentioned PPC, and before we really dive into the marketing aspect of of the businesses you run, I want to get I want to get through some of his questions. Uh, because I love people connecting with us. And if you have questions and you're listening, shoot out your questions and we'll, we'll ask the, the experts first, tell us what is programmatic media buying? Yeah. So that's a kind of a complicated term. Programmatic is a way to use programs or algorithms to buy media or advertising space online. 
Uh, the most common type is RTV, so it's real-time bidding platforms, which means that you're in an auction with other bidders, and you know if you bid ten cents, then you might not get picked up. But if you bid a dollar, you're gonna get a ton of clicks really fast. There's no there's no throttle on that. It's just you're gonna get as much ad service as you can. So get it's for that it's rate. also called real-time bidding. RTV is a type of programmatic. Most people in the industry think they're synonymous, and they basically are. But programmatic is kind of like a little bit above RTV. It, it encompasses all types, all types of bidding that has uses a program. So, what is what are the big platforms out there? Glad you this? asked that. And uh, what was what was the guy's name? The pod, the guy who had, Don. Don. I have a link for you that I think you're gonna really like. Um, so if you guys, this is a little gift for the show. This is my secret stash. So I'm going to give this to only exclusively for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this is a below the fold exclusive. <laughs> so it's convert to media.com slash resources. This link is awesome. It has every single ad network that exists. You can add more as it comes. And we in the affiliate community use this to find really cool places to advertise. So if you want to advertise online, you can see what people are using right now, and there's there's thumbs up and thumbs down on all the networks. And so take it for a grain of salt. I wouldn't look at the negatives because some people are just crappy media buyers, and they're like, oh, the platform sucks. Uh, it didn't work. But if somebody has a lot of traffic, that might be one to consider. So if you see a lot of thumbs up or even a lot of thumbs down, uh, I'd at least take a look at that. Can you spell that? It's the number two because I typed oh, okay. in T-O and it didn't go. So that, convert number two yep, media, right? Excuse dot me. Com. Convert to number two media.com slash resources. And literally there's there's PPV networks, adult traffic, search networks, uh, display, game ads, mobile 50 ads. on red. There it is. I've used that. Yep. That's an RTB platform. And that worked wonders. There you go. Uh, was yeah. that true? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good one. Um, I, I've heard, though, that they're not super legit. And how they're getting their their so, uh, clicks. We can talk about that if you guys have a second. Yeah. Um, there are a few of these CPV PPV networks in that list. Fifty on Red's one of them. Traffic Vans. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to point these out as bad companies, but like, they're let's just say that some of these in that they're one category. Have you guys ever seen online when you're like on Chrome and you're on a website, kind of like Wikipedia does, and it has like a blue link on the word? Mm-hmm. Well, there's on these networks you can do what's called content bidding, which is different from Google's content bidding where they actually will take a word that you pick and any kind of content in a page, they'll put a link to your site on that word. But they're basically hacking it's your browser. It's a Chrome, yeah. It's a Chrome hack. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cheap, though. It's like 5 to $0.10 cent clicks. So if you don't have any problem with the morality of that, you can get some serious good clicks. If it works. you don't mind hacking other people's computers. <laughs> and I think, it, from what I've heard, it works particularly well with people who are not super technology. Uh, technologically savvy so like so most elderly people Mm -hmm. so if you're selling medication uh like pharmaceuticals that kind of stuff that's the perfect place to be also did you say Mm e-cigs like uh, drug related things you know or like impulse buys and all a lot of stuff that google won't let you advertise with these are like second (laughs) options here if you can't do ppc i had a client we ran uh drug addiction rehabilitation centers where clicks are upwards of 30 to 100 dollars a click on google and we're banking at 20 cent clicks on here, you know, and it's just because there's a lot of traffic and not a lot of people advertising that way. So it, it didn't have a lot of volume, but hey, the cost per acquisition was dirt cheap. Yeah. Okay. There's a gem for you guys. Sweet. Convert to media, convert to media to the number dot com slash resources. There you go. Okay. So back to uh, Don's questions. 
He just had three questions. Uh, the one, uh, the platform you just shared is one of them, or uh, the answer is one of them. Uh, the first one, he talks about recent reports of massive ad fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wondering how you deal with that uh, when your clients bring it up. Like yeah. you have clients that, and even if you don't, how do you address that? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, I don't know anything about reports of massive ad fraud. Is, yeah. that, is that a thing? I mean, yes and no. I actually had a question about this last week. Guy, One of my my clients, he brought this up. Like, maybe that's the reason we're not doing so well. A lot of times people bring this up as an excuse. I'm being honest, like an excuse for why, you know, it's, you know, we're not making the CPAs work or it's too expensive. It's because they think that people are going onto websites and clicking a bunch of times on your ad and, and Google's like basically just charging you up the wazoo. First off, it doesn't work like that. If some crazy, you know, competitor just goes onto your ad and clicks it like 20 times, Google stops it at two. So that doesn't happen. Now, another thing is they think there's these people in Russia, you know, doing it and they're like hacking into the United States and like just pressing the button a lot of times. A lot of times click fraud is robots, like they're bots essentially to look like humans to do that. And it usually isn't targeted. I mean, Google's the biggest network out there. I mean, they do target Google. Google does have click fraud, but I can't imagine click fraud. And this is just personal speculation. There are no numbers on this. I don't care where you look like, I mean, they're you're not going to find Google's not going to publish that and other yeah. companies are going to publish that. But I, I wouldn't bet venture to say it's less than 1%. And if you're, if you want to bring that up to clients, there is a column inside of Google's grouping of columns that you can look for. It talks about uh, value added clicks, which is essentially, Hey, Google's giving you free clicks because they think one of these clicks is click fraud. So they actually do recomp- recompense you for that. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Have you ever heard of someone using something like PandaBot? to hit competitors with fake traffic never heard of that nope never heard of panda bot or so panda bot basically you loan your computer to this network and uh it takes over and searches everything that people once searched uh and then in exchange for every time someone uses your computer to search one of their terms you get a credit that you can then cash in to have someone else within the united states specifically uh, search that same term yeah so you can accumulate you know 2,000 credits and then instantly get 2,000 real computers from real ip addresses searching whatever you want and then they can do certain actions so they can say hit this web page bounce off of it and then go back to the serp and then select this one stay there for 10 seconds and then click something and then leave so i mean that's the same concept as uh using something like a mechanical turk where you're paying people yeah. anywhere to do these well jobs. kind of except you're not paying for it it's well, you're, you're paying. Mm, you're paying you're by not, you letting them use your computer. Money. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was question number one. Question two: There are cer- uh, there are certainly a great number of programmatic platforms available. Which one does your Which one do you use, and why? ConvertToMedia.com/resources. Uh, I've used it. It just depends on what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get cheap clicks, traffic vans, fifty on red are good options. If I'm trying to get a lot of volume. Um, and the client is just looking for publicity, brand awareness. SiteScout would be a good place to play because it could use all of them, like all the big networks. Um, if you're really looking for targeting, though, there's nothing better than Google, but you pay a premium for it. Okay. Uh, so he does have a third question about new apps and platforms, but I think we've covered that. Yeah. Don, thank you so much for your questions. Great question. Uh, keep sending them in. If you, uh, as you're listening, have other questions, go ahead and submit them, uh, and, and we'll, we'll ask them. 
Okay. So where, where should they submit questions? Submit questions at inbound at belowthefold.io, and we'll we'll get those. Or you can reach out on Twitter at belowthefold.io. Okay, so Brigham. Yeah. You started Sugar Me Wax. Yeah. When? Uh, March 26, 2015. So it, you're coming up on two years. Almost there, yeah. That is incredible. Thanks. And at what point after, you said February? Yeah, March. March. So how many months did it take for you to become profitable? Month two. Month two. Mm-hmm. And this is a waxing salon. Yeah. How many locations do you have? We currently have three locations. And where are they? Uh, Old Town, North Scottsdale, so Old Town, Scottsdale. So they're all in Arizona. All in Phoenix, basically. Yep, all in Phoenix. Uh, tell us about your marketing campaigns. What do you do in Mark Digital? What do you do? Do you mm-hmm. do SEO? Do you do PPC? I what do, do you do? Tell me. Yeah, I do content writing. I use Fiverr.com to find like blog writers that will publish on beauty sites and stuff. And I use uh, blogdash.com. So this is to to generate and publish content. Content, yep. And so, it's on a blog. It's in a blog format. Yep. Tell me again where you where you get your content. Fiverr.com. You can get some great articles for really cheap on there with high uh, domain authority. It's cheap. Wait, 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 wait. You use Fiverr to do what? So I can. There's beauty blogs that will publish articles. About, oh, so you find beauty bloggers mm-hmm. on Fiverr. Yep. And and you pay them five dollars. It's usually like fifteen to twenty, but yeah. So so they're upselling you on the gigs. Yeah. Uh, fifteen to twenty dollars, and they write the content and then link to you. Yeah, and link to me. Okay, so cheap. Um, and then when I'm not doing that, I use blogdash.com. They're a company out of Montreal. They they're usually like two hundred to three hundred dollars an article, and I can get high domain authority articles on there. And remember, like you don't have to have a bunch; you just have to have more than the other guys hmm. to make it work. I love hearing you talk about SEO. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not my strategy, not my strength. But so I have a question. Yeah, uh, I remember last time you were on the show talking about one of your strategies was uh, using images of women who were more like the normal Plump. woman. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and looking at your site now, it's it's you know a bunch it's of changed. models I like that. Yeah. Yep. So what was what's the decision there? The mo- the bigger women is what I want to get back to, and there's a lot better response for it. I'm pretty sure you have 100% control over what women are shown on your site. <laughs> <laughs> the branding that we have is classy and elegant, and the color palettes that we had, we cannot find any produced, uh, currently produced models that would work for so that. So you weren't doing your own photography. We weren't, and we are going to start. I just, it's like in the works right now. So that's mm-hmm. something that I want to do 2017. So by, by the next time I'm on the show, you're going to see some bigger women. Well, so basically it was just because women. of a kind of a, a little bit of a rebrand in the design and you needed images that match that design and those yeah. weren't available. And those weren't available. Yeah. Got it. One thing that I uh, might want to talk about here with the site, if you guys go to the locations tab, you'll see that all three locations are there. Had a big discussion with uh, my, my designer on this. She's like, no, no, just have, just have it all on the contact page. And I had to inform her like, you know, well, we just had a discussion about this, and my final synopsis was if you have actual location pages with a lot of content on them, you're much more likely to pick, be picked up by Google. And so that's one thing I've done is each page and each location I open is going to have its own its own page. So when you say designer, is this your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we could bring that up, but yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> She does great work, though. She's yeah, a no, great she designer. does. This is good. She Wait. built. She built your website, didn't she? Yeah, and she focuses on you know beauty salons. Hi, Brooke. So I, I don't understand. Um, so when you just click on locations, mm-hmm. I guess just the default is North Scottsdale. Yeah. Okay. So, but if you do select other ones, then they have a specific to that location. And there's a lot of content. There's I try to put about 800 words on yeah. there. 
And I did that by adding like comments. Uh, I added comments and reviews. I added just our origins. And, and are these unique for every location? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. How, yeah, what smart. have you seen in, in, by doing that? Uh, if you type in sugar, Brazilian, Scottsdale, we dominate down there. Uh, is sugar a part of getting waxed? Like, yeah, is sugar that... is a new type. So instead of using wax, so it's not just part of your brand, but that's no. actually a, it's yeah. a thing. Okay. So, it, so people would search for sugar Brazilian. Yeah, sugar Brazilian Scottsdale or sugar Brazilian Phoenix. We just we dominate. There's there's probably four or five links on our page for that. Up, oh, that's us on the right hand side. So besides, yeah, you got spots number one, two, and three. Yeah, from here at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, no, they do pretty well. In fact, I want to bring I want to bring this the, your local strategy up because I think I think you do pretty well. Thanks. Uh, Besides setting up separate websites or sorry, web pages yeah. for each location, what else are you doing for your local SEO? Local SEO has a lot to do with authority. So making sure that all of the citing citations that I have all have the same address on it is really important. Um, I use syndication. Yeah, so syndication. Your locations. Right. And then there's Moz Local. I, yep. I didn't actually pay for Moz Local. I did their report and just kind of did it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Reverse engineered it. Um, so I, Yelp is a big one in, in the salon community. And I honestly think this might be a discussion for another time, but like, in, at least in the, our business, people don't even go to websites first. They go to Yelp, they go to review sites first, and then they might check out the website and go there. Um, and so that's becoming increasingly more important. So we, we advertise minimally on Yelp. We do promotions on Yelp. Uh, that's a big one for us. We run Goovrons. We do living socials. I run an AdWords campaign and, uh, I just want to say this is one thing I'd engineered that like is very different from any other business that I've ever seen. Um, our business is 60% text messages. So instead of people calling in all the time, they, they send us a text. And so if you go to the contact page, it says, you know, contact us, best way to get a hold of us, you know, text or book online, you know? And so all day long, people are texting to schedule and reschedule their appointments. It's good for us because we can handle, we can multitask. We don't have to get to it right away. And the clients love that. So it's a really cool feature that we have. Have you tried or thought about using, like, I noticed a lot more websites are using, like, you know, the pop-up chats in the corner, and you can even book appointments <laughs> just through their, whoever is sitting at their computer. Like, basically, the receptionist would just have live chat open, whether it's through Olark or, yeah. I don't forget what the other ones are, but have you tried that? Or I haven't, I haven't. Don't really see the need in this business. I wonder if that could work, actually. I haven't tried. I haven't thought about that. I'm thinking about some thought. So you also have some of the best reviews. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Tell us about it. So I use a p- company called Podium. Which are local to Utah. A yeah. Lot, a lot of people listening will know Podium. They're awesome. They're about 150 to $200. I think they're about $200 a month per location. And that is really like, that's a lot of my SEO because, you know, these people post these reviews on Google and Yelp and that gets traced back to me as content, you know, constantly happening online. So real quickly, let me explain Podium because... Vivint uses Podium as well at a much larger scale. But uh, Podium is cool because if you have a customer, and we'll use Sugar Me Wax as an example. If you have a customer and they come in, the best time to get them to review is immediately after their appointment. Yep. Right? So the system works that, uh, so that as soon as their appointment is over, they get a text message saying, did you have a good experience at Sugar Me Wax? If they say yes, it automatically prompts them to leave a review on the uh, your choice of platform, so you can send them to Google Plus, you can send them to Yelp, you can send them to, you know, whatever Facebook. You select where you send them, and then they'll leave a review. If the answer to the initial question is no, I didn't have a good experience, 
It gives them a text box and says, oh, please tell us why. And then they, they, they fill in their review, basically. And then that never makes it to a review site. That goes directly back to you. Private feedback. Yeah. Uh, and then you can contact them and, and try to rectify that without anyone knowing. Yep. Uh, so basically, and, and the reason I bring this up is because a few years ago, when we were all at 97th Floor, we did reputation management. And instead of um, using a program like this, we tried to just hide or get rid of the bad reviews on the first page of Google. Uh, and now the strategy isn't to get rid of it, but to flood yeah. the market with good reviews. So the bad reviews will still make it there, but you're flooding it so much with good reviews uh, that your star rating um, Stays can high. stay high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you just have a terrible product and everyone is selecting no and nobody is leaving good reviews. But, yeah. But you're doing pretty well. Yeah, Podium's great. There's another thing that is behind the scenes that I, I am a strong believer in. It's called the NPS, Net Promoter Score. Uh, this is something that people should really look at. A Harvard business guy created this, and he was he works at Harvard, but he was like working for Bain Capital and, or one of these big firms, and he basically was helping this automotive company. And he was trying, he did this huge survey, right? And it was a nationwide company, and he wanted to know what question out of the whole survey made the difference in a profitable company and a non-profitable company, right? Or a location. And so he did all the market data and everything. And what he came up with was the only question after parsing out thousands and thousands of responses, the only question that mattered was how likely are you to refer this automotive company to a friend? That was the direct correlation. So he's like, let's try this as a, as a question. And now there's an industry, it's an industry wave that's happening right now. There's an industry standard throughout for every different industry. Like, um, uh, it goes from negative 100 to 100. So negative 100 is like uh, your 0 to a 6 on the, on the 1 to 10 scale. 7 and 8 is called passive feedback. Um, and that would give you like a 0 on the negative 100 to 100. And then if you had all eight nines and 10s, you would be 100% positive feedback. You're a promoter. You're a promoter. And what they found in my industry, in the uh, salon industry, is that every promoter tells 2 to 3 friends. Every detractor tells 18 to 20 people. Um, Detractor like, is someone who gives you so it's a scale from zero, zero to six, zero, zero to six. ten. No zero. Well, zero to six is a detractor. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So the scale is from zero to ten. Mm-hmm. You're a detractor if you're if you rank your yeah. NPS score as as zero to six. Right, and you can actually go industry specific and look up your specific um, detractor feedback for your industry yeah. to see what the standard is. And there's a website called Delighted.com, and they do really great, really cheap, just. NPS surveys. You can send them out every month and get instant feedback. Um, we send ours out literally after every appointment. Uh, we have a program integrated in with our booking software that does this. And the results have been awesome. So because, so what's your net promoter score? Like what? Uh, good. It depends on the esthetician, but good ones are at 92 right now. Just super good. And some of the, sometimes they go a little lower. I've had as low as 70, but you know, my, I tell my estheticians, I'm like, look, we don't look at revenue as our driving metric for success we look at net promoter score because if you're making the customer happy everything else falls into place in other words you can tell them this is the scale you look at and if your number drops below this point then your job's in jeopardy your job's in jeopardy it really is that true because we we use that and if we see some negative feedback we're instantly in there and we're changing things and we're talking to estheticians and so really this goes out before anyone does anything on yelp i mean the podiums go out that day as well but only if we felt like they had a good experience. And if we're kind of iffy on it, then we get that response back and it gives them a venue to complain about something privately so that they don't publicize your dirty laundry. That's interesting because I feel like Podium would be more uh, important to use with the ones that aren't 
likely to leave a review because you're right. It gives them that outlet. Whereas if you don't send it to them, then their outlet is Google and Yelp. Well, I think with Podium, like they might still be, I think Podium really pushes reviews. I'm hesitant to send that to somebody who has negative feedback because it'd be so easy to just click yes and go to, you know, it's just, it's just right there. It kind of scares me. But with NPS, which is also sent out that day, it's private, right? And then as soon as they send a negative feedback, my, my lead esthetician calls or texts them and says, hey, look, we've heard about your negative feedback. I'm the lead esthetician. I want to make it right for you. And then we take care of the thing with the esthetician. What well. do you do for them? Uh, we give them a free appointment with our lead esthetician. And usually they become a client for life. And so we not only salvage a client, but we also fix an issue that could prevent. Okay, real quick. Clients. I got to take a quick break here and talk to all the women in Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> if you're listening right now and you want some free waxing done, the first thing you do is complain <laughs> and then you'll get your free waxing. And then tell them Jacob Perry sent you. That's right. And you'll get your second wax free as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. What else? Other forms of marketing that we do, um, we do print ads, but they aren't as effective. One of my favorite things to do is AdWords. And so I run AdWords campaigns on all my competitors. And I say, come to Sugar Me because of these reasons. And instead of doing a direct response campaign where they go online and they book, we say, hey, today's your lucky day. You get 50% off when you text this number. And so we're tracking all of our AdWords texts because they text Sugar Me 50 as a as a right to our, our number. They yeah. Sugar Me 50 to get 50% off right there. We know it's from AdWords. And we're closing at about $25 to $30 a sale. Um, so it cost me $30 to get somebody in the door at half price. But with waxing, it's a lifetime thing. Like they come in, hair monthly. goes back every six it's weeks monthly. or something. Every four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. So I lose money the first appointment, but after that, I make money. That's awesome. Yeah. And this year, just to give you an idea, we grew the business from, it grew 4X. So it's now churning at about a half a million dollar company. And it's been in business less than two years. What's your plan to expand? It's a complicated one, but uh, the hardest thing to find is estheticians. And that is correlated to the NPS because NPS says if you have high NPS, higher than your competitors, your growth weight will be up to double your competitors. So really like the talent, the, the customer feedback is super important. And for us, it all lies on the talent of the esthetician, right? Because you got to imagine these girls are naked laying on a table. They don't want to show their junk to just anybody, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, based on what your website says, there's like a lot of technique that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah, there is. It's it can not, be painful. It doesn't look easy. Yeah, it could be painful if you don't have the right estheticians. So training the right estheticians is really tough. Um, I don't know if you guys like Tesla, but Tesla opened the Gigafactory. It's this huge factory mm -hmm. that's going to push a lot of car batteries out so they can produce more cars. And I got super inspired by that. And so this year I'm starting school. So I'm starting an esthetician school in Arizona. So you're going to train your own girls. We're going to train girls. And then the ones that we like the best will come work for our salon. And then... And the sucky ones will go to the other salons. European wax. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and drive their NPS score down. And drive them down. Yeah. So we're going to take over the valley pretty soon. Oh, man. That is such a... That's cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. And one thing that's really... My advice for business owners, like people want to go all in, right? That's how they want to do it. I started Sugar Me three thousand dollars was all i used to start sugar me that's well, it you, you started. what did you do like with that three thousand dollars so most people think hey let's build a big salon and for just so you guys know the numbers i'll be candid it takes twenty one thousand five hundred dollars a month just to break even in a big salon so that's and, and a lot of that's variable cost right so if you do eighteen thousand you're not losing four three and a half but like um you 
you might lose a thousand, right? Because of the variable costs are so high. But at the same time, they're not profitable for a year and they're net negative for a year. And a lot of them go out of business because they just don't know how to run a business. What I did was I started uh, the business inside of a salon studio uh, inside of a plastic surgeon's office. So, I so just he found, rented a room. I rented a room. a room in a, a surgeon's office. Yeah. Plastic surgeon. A plastic surgeon. So it was high end. It's 600 yeah. bucks a month. And I thought, you know what? If I failed, if this didn't work out, I'm testing the waters at $3,000. It doesn't matter. Right. And now that business is, it's, it's I think we can do over a million a year. So 600 year. went to this room. The rest was on AdWords? No, I spent. No, because there was some product that he had to purchase. Right? Product and training and okay. a little bit on a website. At one point, you had a receptionist as well that you probably had to pay hourly or something. Um, I did the receptionist for the first year. That's hilarious. That's pretty cruel <laughs> starting that. You know, now that you say that, I remember because a lot of girls would call and oh. and wonder whether or not you were going to be the one. To- Such <laughs> weird. It was so weird. Who's my assistant? And they're like, want to be nice? And I just thought, no, no, it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> Chill. No, Brian, um, do you want to uh, contribute to this conversation a little bit? I have a question, though. Okay. I've been contributing. Why Why uh, Arizona? As a place to live? As a place to start this business. Is it because you were living there? Uh, yeah, you know, I was already living there. And you know what? Most people think waxing is like bikini season, which makes sense, right? I mean, we want to look good in a bikini. That's what girls want. But honestly... This it's for shocked, their boyfriends. It's for their boyfriends. It, this shocked me. Like, I think it could do well in anywhere in the country because it's just women who have men or women in their life. <laughs> and they just want to look good, you know, and they might do it for themselves as well. But like a lot of times it's just people that are in relationships. Hmm. And people are in relationships year round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Any last words here? I think we're uh, we're getting pretty close to the end. Nope. I think that's uh, inspiring and uh, definitely provides a good pattern for someone to follow starting their own small business. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. Really appreciate that. No, you bet. Yeah, it's been fun. Let's see. I think you're the second person to come on more than once. Wow. Who's the first? AJ AJ Wilcox. Oh, right. Yep. Feel pretty honored. Hi, AJ. Hope you're getting your run in. Don't, (laughs) Don't strain yourself. Brigham, thank you so much for coming up here. He flew all the way from Scottsdale just to be on the show. It's true. Good man. True story. Uh, if you want to reach out again, uh, please shoot us an email. You can get us at inbound at belowthefold.io. We're also available via our Twitter channel, and that's at belowthefold.io. Uh, if you want to reach out to Brigham for any PPC work, don't bother. He's too busy. Uh, <laughs> I'll take questions, though. If you guys have any questions or anything, I can help you. All right. How do they contact you? Uh, it's BrighamDallas at gmail.com. So B-R-I-G-H-A-M, M is in Mike, Dallas at gmail.com. There you go. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold.